another episode of the Community Development Podcast, Doing What It Says in the Tin, connecting the community development workforce, sharing its learning and promoting the value of the approach. My name is Russell Todd and I have the very great pleasure of uh, Gary Brown. How are you, sir? I'm oh, very well, thanks, Russell. We are in little village or is it a town? No, a village. It's a village, it is still a village, of Brumbo. And it's to the west northwest of Wrexham. We're in northeast Wales. I'm on the site of a, a steelworks that shut in sort of 1990. And before that, for best part, what, probably 200 years or so, yeah. had been a site of steel making. But prior to that, iron. That's right. And then, um, and so it's, it's, it's sort of industrially then important. And in terms of heritage, we're going to talk a lot about heritage. But actually, it's architecturally important. So in 1958, uh, what, what is known locally and perhaps even internationally as Brumbo Man was, was discovered, flint tools um, with him, earthenware dating back to the Bronze Age. And then just over 10 years ago, and I think about 2005, a fossilised forest was discovered as some of the other sort of landscape and reclamation work was being done on the site. And that's dating back to kind of almost 300 million years, yeah. which I'm struggling to get my head around <laughs> because Wales... British Isles is sort of on the equator yeah. and tropical. Yeah. And if you know Wales, it's not tropical. <laughs> um, and so you've got this quite, you know, almost unfathomably sort of long, complex timeline. Yet you've been working with local people here because there was a steelworks that they wanted to kind of retain the memory of and, 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 and to sort of um, to celebrate and you've got this massive, massive history before, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. Yeah. So that gives an idea, listeners, to kind of where we are and the sort of the geography then, I suppose. It's uh, Steelworks goes, it's not a traditional maybe sort of Steelworks town. It's, we're up in the hills, aren't we? We're not yeah. on the coast, which some of the ones in South Wales that I'm familiar with, of course, in yeah. Llanwern, Llanelli, Port Talbot in particular. Um, Shotton again, right yeah. On, yeah, the, on, on the River Dee, of course, in, in North Wales. So a bit of an incongruous location for a huge sort of steel works, yeah. um, and, and maybe explore some of that in the, in the, in, in the next sort of three quarters of an hour. But you're the project manager with Brumbo Heritage. What else do people need to know about you? What is your, sort of your background then in community development? Because you haven't been doing this for a, a huge amount of time. No, no. I, it's funny, I find myself in a heritage project, but I'm not a historian, nor am I um, a great industrialist. Um, I, I consider myself a community development practitioner, and that's a field of work I've been involved in now for 20 years or so. Uh, some through the Training and Enterprise Council movement and community learning, um, and then all through the 2000s, doing work with Wrexham County Borough Council as Community Development Manager, looking at Communities First, European-funded programmes, localised initiatives for community regeneration that we had, all the while focusing on the role that people in communities had in shaping responses to the, the issues that they faced and to the facilities that, that they have. I came into the, the role here in... Um, in Brumbo Heritage Group, knowing it was about heritage and it was about the richness of, of that 300 million year story and where we go from here, uh, are very much about regeneration and a vision for, for the buildings and celebrating that history. But I came into it with an attitude set that betrayed my history in mm. community development, that this wasn't just a case of doing a, um, a nice set of drawings and plans to prettify buildings and make them accessible. This was about really reconnecting community with these spaces that the community had been formed around in the first place. So it's very much around community is at the heart. You've recently had, and we were just, when we were first trying to line this up, this hadn't been announced and, and it, was, it was great to kind of see it and I suppose it's timely in that regard. You've recently just had almost £2 million 
Yeah, and lottery money. Yeah. Those sorts of awards, what, what little I know about these sorts of awards and certainly that volume, they can't just be given to people in an ivory tower. They have to have demonstrable community involvement, community input, influence to shape yeah. you know, design and the outcomes and things like that. So, you know, that's a fairly sizable award. Yeah, absolutely. It's only two weeks ago that we heard, so we're still slightly in shock <laughs> uh, as it starts to turn out into panic in terms of how to, uh, how to deliver it in the best possible way. But no, the, the pathway to getting us to a point where we were being seriously considered for that sort of investment by the, the big lottery is a long one that starts with the group's roots 20 years ago, you know, a few years after the steelworks closed. Some of the ex-workers, knowing that some of the historical buildings weren't going to be flat and, and, and subject to, to being built over with new houses and so on. You know, it, its roots are anchored in, in that sort of coming mm-hmm. together to look after something and preserve it for future generations. And, and the, the series of things that have happened in the last 20 years then to, to understand the vision for, for bringing the place back to life as, as a mixture of a heritage attraction, a learning centre, some space for businesses, community events, that's really got its own head of steam as it were mm. especially over the last three or four years and, and doing extensive work since 2014 on engaging additional people in the project and that's mm. just by opening the doors and saying what do you do with this place mm. that isn't about consulting with people in the sense of look we think we're going to do this what do you think yeah. you know do you endorse what we're going to do yeah. or do you not endorse what we're going to do it's not it's, that's not community development that's not mm. involvement this has been a more genuine opening of the doors and say come and join us get under the skin of this place and we've got ideas but what are your ideas mm-hmm. and together we're going to come up with a package of ideas that actually could give us that critical mass to make this work we're all in it together mm-hmm. and so that spirit has been building now the two million that you talk about uh, is big lottery funding it's from a program called create your space there are i think six projects in wales that are be supported over the next seven years in a, in a project uh, framework if you like from the big lottery with some money from welsh government as well to really pathfind approaches to the uh, well-being of future generations act this the whole concept of sustainability mm-hmm. really groundbreaking stuff from from wales that other countries are yet to tap into and, and learn from they're looking to take risks they're looking to support organizations that are have got a learning kind of attitude and that's very much where we think we might have stood a chance getting this, this fund. Uh, so we're really pleased that we have done. In our case, the, the two million over seven years is going to support 10, 12 area projects where we're reconnecting residents with spaces that were left behind by the industry. Right? Yeah. So these are coal slag tips, bits of former railway line, bits of the banks of the steelworks that are partially accessible and some people are using them but they're not fully accessible, then certainly most people that are using them, unless they have lived in the area for, for 30, 40 years, are oblivious perhaps to, to the history of, mm. of that and how that landscape came to be. And in many cases, that landscape is completely man-made. It's, yeah. it's less than 100 years old, and you wouldn't know it because it's blended in so well with everything else. So th- this approach that we're, we're taking is around connecting people with those spaces by saying, right, we've got this money, we've got these spaces, what are we going to do with them? Mm-hmm. And again, that isn't about consulting to say, we think we can do this. Do you endorse it? This is, look, we've got a shared opportunity here. Yeah. And it's very nice to be involved in a community development piece of work that is about looking at shared opportunities and how we work together to realise them instead of shared problems and how we tackle them. And it shows, to my mind, just how applicable community development approaches and principles are 
whether it's a, a problem you're trying to solve or it's an opportunity you're trying to realise. I suppose there's a, a, an interesting juxtaposition insofar as the, the plans that you've got. You've got this fossilised forest yeah. that perhaps you know, people didn't necessarily know was, was, was there. Very natural, you know, before you know, there were humans and, and things like that, before there were dinosaurs, and yeah. next to what is a man-made landscape. And she got that, that's an interesting juxtaposition, and certainly just the little tour I had before we started. Um, really, you don't realise quite how cheap by jowl they are. Yeah, I did some internet research to, yeah. to try to sort out the timeline in my mind, and it's on the site, but it's a big site, yes, the old yeah. works site, isn't it, clearly? But um, they're literally next door. You know, it is yeah. a stone's throw away, isn't it? Yeah. And I think as well, what came through as well as, 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 as we were chatting, as you were explaining a little bit more about the vision, the proposals, challenges, because it's not all been, yeah. you know, plain sailing by any means, is that you've got this man-made, very extractive, economically, many would argue socially, period in time, it's all about maximising profit, getting the, the value out of that land. Okay, there's local employment for people, but these places explode in terms of population, Certainly, traditionally in the, in the in the primary industry, you know the coal fields, yeah. in, in, in the industrialised age, and then these places are dropped. And as soon as their use has been fulfilled, but essentially these places are then dropped. I think you were saying to me that the plant that was built only about ten years before yeah. the steelworks closed was then shipped over to China. But it seems to me that the long term vision for these places wasn't considered anywhere near the level of detail and care and attention it probably no. should have been. People have different views on that. It's extractive, arguably exploitative, short, driven by short-term opportunity and profit. And whereas we're talking about, and you've mentioned to me, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. Yeah, absolutely. And we're already... It's generational stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're already kind of over 20 years since the steelworks yeah, shut. Yeah. And those initial local people, those initial <coughs> workers collectivised, mobilised and said, listen, we want to do something. And they may not have had a particularly huge idea as to what that might be. Yeah. I'm sure there's been any number of, of visions over the years. It just feels a little bit more ethical to my mind that actually, okay, we're not just going to come in as project managers, as you know, the local authority, as partners, stakeholders, professional architects, surveyors, etc., etc., and tell you because that's I think just as extractive. Yeah, absolutely. There's no such thing as a short-term fix to a long-term problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I became involved in the project only really meaningfully about five years ago. I've been aware of of it. I live in the the area. I've done for twelve years now. But I'd always got a sense that the psyche of the community was still feeling the hurt mm-hmm. 25 years after the closure of the works that not, nothing had been put in place no, no, and, and when, when I mean nothing had been put in place physically something's been put in place you know physical reclamation half of it built out with five or six hundred houses now a, a, a new road uh, plans for a, a school uh, finally coming together a supermarket and shops will follow as well there's, there's lots of physical things that have been in the pipeline and they're taking a very long time to, to come to fruition. But that, that doesn't really replace what has been lost. And mm. it's, it's very emotive, but it feels to me like the thing that was lost was, was pride and identity. Mm. And you can't get back pride and identity by more houses, a new road, mm. and shops and supermarket. A school goes a long way towards that, though. Yeah. That's a different, yeah, yeah. different kind of generational change that the school has a great potential to achieve. So part of the mission that the Heritage Group has been on, although it's the proportion of the former steelworks site that the Heritage Group is custodian of, an eventual landowner, is, is less than a quarter of the landscape, much less than a quarter, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So we, we shouldn't have the lion's share of influence, but the influence we're trying to bring is to look in that very long-term way about what it would be that will put Brumbo back on the map 
as it were, that would enable residents and, and those that are taking part in the project to really be sticking their chests out and going, I made this happen. Yeah. yeah. Despite what, whatever, whoever did whatever happened in 1990, whatever the sequence of events was that led to that decision to close a profitable, sustainable site, with many years of production left and all those things, whatever led to that, the thing it took away was, was mm. that, that pride. And if the bits that we can put together as a whole tapestry of activities, uses, and most importantly, people, mm. and therefore stake, and therefore ownership, back into the place, we stand a good chance of getting widespread regeneration of pride. And if you can put pride back in, then the pride can transfer from people of our generation to the children. That, that's where I think you know, the primary school does play a major role mm. in, in the... The journey that we're on. And you have links with curricula yeah, and, and education yeah, programs. Big part of what we're doing here yeah. is the is schools program. There's a strong link between the personalities that are involved here and mm. the, the school in terms of governing body and teaching yeah. staff and stuff like that. So quick plug for sort of online social media yeah, absolutely. channels. Uh, well if I can talk about social media for a for a moment because I've really come to appreciate through this three years in this project just how powerful social media is okay. in a very localised community. I mean, the people that we're trying to involve in this project are all within walkable distance, you know, one, two mile radius, that sort of distance. In a traditional community development setting, it's doable mm. to go around pounding the streets, knocking mm-hmm. doors, mm-hmm. leafleting, doing newsletters. And those are techniques and things that we need to do. And I would say we actually don't do enough of. And that's because social media doesn't entirely replace those old, older techniques. No, they no, are effective. No, no, I agree. But where social media has really helped, and, and Facebook particularly, given some of the key people we're trying to involve in the project are working households of parents in their 20s through to 40s, perhaps with children, and certainly teenagers we're trying to involve in this, making as much of what we are doing available and accessible from the armchair so it's a slow feed if you like Mm -hmm. of what we're about what we're doing what our attitude is what our personality is and social media really allows you to do that in a way website doesn't and a way print media doesn't you can be responsive you you can take flack you can take you can encourage flack engage in a conversation Mm -hmm. you know not everything that we're trying to do is popular and not everything we're trying to do will come off Mm -hmm. but Facebook particularly gives a great platform for the immediacy and the transparency of what we're doing Uh, and several people that are involved now in the project cite the fact that we were able to give um, an honest response directly in those sort of uh, fields if you like to why they've become involved because it spoke of um, an integrity, a spirit um, that you know, for community development work to work, the people involved in it have got to really believe that collective action and, mm-hmm. and self-determination are, are actually the way it works. They're not tokenist things. They're not things to be doled out as, as prizes or as, as crumbs on the table. Um, and and that, that presents challenges. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I will come back to plugging the, the website and stuff in a moment, but the, you mentioned challenges very early mm-hmm. on. We, we talked about some yeah, of these. Yeah. But, you know, the, the challenges come in, in a project like ours where we have spent a lot of time uh, and lots more people are involved now. The whole thing is snowballing, has snowballed, 
because those people are bringing great ideas uh, and additional right. content. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'll start a bit, yeah. Um, a project like ours is going through challenges, though, because we've got a huge snowballing of influence, of stake, um, and yet we've also got dimensions to the project that are have to be very heavily technically supervised, for example, some of the stabilisation works mm -hmm. on the, the heritage buildings we've got, uh, some of the, the accessibility uh, issues that we've got, some of the safety concerns that we have. Those things have to be done by by technically uh, competent people, certified mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we we get this 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 abrasion slightly between the extent to which the people that make this project are engaged in it and owning it, and the, the tasks that sometimes we need to bring in other people that will just be very transactional their involvement and they will disappear again. Mm -hmm. But the project could have been delivered in a way that was all about those professionals and all about those transactions and all just about the physical buildings. And arguably, we could have done that project 10 years ago in better funded climates mm. and achieved a restoration of the buildings a lot earlier. But the key question is, would we have had the sense of connection with those buildings, that landscape and our history, that would create the sort of future we're trying to create now that we think we're on the verge of? And the answer would certainly be no. Yeah. Coming back to the, the website and so on. If you want to find out more, the general content about what we're about is at uh, www.brumboheritage.co.uk. Brumbo, for those of you not familiar with it, spelled B-R-Y-M-B-O, but pronounced like Brum as in Birmingham. Uh, so brumboheritage.co.uk. Find out loads there. Look for us on Facebook and on Twitter, both through Brumbo Heritage Project. I'm quite active on both. They're very useful tools. It's only Twitter for us. We find less useful as a community engagement tool and much more useful as, as a partner engagement mm. tool and we we've been very successful in this project at engaging at a uk and a wales and a wrexham county borough level in terms of uh, political awareness and political support mm. and that is undoubtedly contributing to the sort of things we're able to achieve now that whole sense of partnership working is is multi-layered and, and multi-dimensional uh, we don't find Twitter works as well for us as the local the local community, whereas Facebook does that brilliantly. Mm -hmm. So, not relying on just one tool as well. If you if you're into social media, is a very important thing. And I think I think that general distinction then that Facebook for community, Twitter for more stakeholder partner political engagement. I think that general sort of distinction between the between the two, I think, is you know, isn't unique no. to yourselves. And I certainly know through the through the community yeah. first program that's. That's been very much the case as well. And I suppose the, the key with all of these things is trying not to find the, the one size that fits all or that one single kind of magic bullet, but actually, okay, what work is going to work for us best to achieve what we want to achieve? Yeah. And I think, you know, you talk about young people, and increasingly I'm finding myself with some of the digital inclusion training that I also do is around this Snapchat thing that all the youngsters are doing. Right, I'm going to have to find out what that's all about. Yeah. But it's interesting because, for example, Instagram, I would imagine there's a massive demand for that very sort of visual medium on site because there are some fascinating things both standing from afar looking at the site as I was coming in on the, the windy kind of road up through the, 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 the villages on the other side of the valley there's a couple of stunning kind of shots of the whole site from across the, the, yeah. the, the way but then there's also some great industrial there's decay there's rust there's broken bits of slate and glass and it, it, it's, it is you've got to watch your step but some of that is very photographic and very photogenic as yeah, well if, that, if that's your thing and that would just lend itself to to, to a, a very visual social media platform such as instagram and things like that yeah, absolutely um so it's trying to find like, with all of these things what are we looking to achieve and what's the best platform and medium 
to help us achieve that and then look to, to see how they then can complement yeah. I think yeah absolutely Serious advice well, we don't have an Instagram presence ourselves but a lot of the people that work as part of the project yeah. do yeah. And you know that they're yeah. they're constantly feeding out yeah. stuff of them doing stuff in this environment, and that's great because we're just getting you know the, the the association of this environment with positive stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just worth its weight. Yeah, yeah. We've had three uh, pop videos filmed here in the last uh, okay. two years. Different genres of music, you know, blues or Pink Floyd stuff, uh, uh, Mumford and Sons kind of folk rock stuff, and, a, and a, a younger pop band, all with their own following, all with you know a couple of thousand hits on the, mm. the YouTube videos of these videos. And, and again, you're just associating the place with a with a different purpose, a different use. Yeah. So broader generation has been taking place not just in Brumbo but in the surrounding area for a long time. You talked about yeah. some of the European programmes that you were involved in with your, your former local authority and council hat on. And West Wrexham would yeah. be something that a lot of people locally would identify with or at the very least recognise as a as a term yeah. to encapsulate yeah, some absolutely. of that from right, yeah? yeah. But we're talking about heritage, we're drilling down a little bit. So heritage is part of that agenda. And in my experience working in the South Wales Valleys, for instance, a little bit in Cardiff Docks at the moment, some of the stuff around the coal exchange in Cardiff, is that that heritage thing is very, very emotive. Yeah. It's very, very emotional in some cases, but it really does allow people to connect to maybe a broader agenda around regeneration. Uh, yeah? Yeah. So have you found, you're finding that that's, yeah. that's very much the 100%. case? Yeah, I mean, heritage is the the reason why a place has come to exist. Yeah. You know, it's in the bricks and water that often it's in the, the personality of the place mm-hmm. and certainly the identity of the place how one place relates to another within this county borough you know they've all got their their relative sort of places and merits you know mm-hmm. so yeah heritage is absolutely uh, you know it's, it's the glue that sort of gives us a common bond if you like mm-hmm. another aspect of uh, heritage being central to regeneration is that it's you know regeneration is about what what is to be isn't it it's the mm-hmm. future mm-hmm. you know how you can redefine that future and and heritage allows us to see that as a as a kind of continuity, really. In the the two hundred year industrial heritage of Brumbo, it's it's not a it's not a constant period. Mm. It wasn't active, non stop for for two hundred years. There were three periods of break. The longest of those was over twenty years. And at each of those break points, somebody is needed to work out what the future was. Mm. Let alone the times where you know eighteen eighty five, the conversion to steel, absolutely milestone sort of moment in the history of the place. But somebody's working with a whole range of stakeholders to work out where we go from here. And that's where we are now. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, the more of that spirit that we can learn from the past, that the entrepreneurship, if you like, that was shown by these, these guys, uh, and build that into our thinking, the risk-taking. Mm, you know mm. what, we don't know what the future holds in, in this uncertain world that we live in these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no less certain than it was 200 years ago or 100 years ago or 50 years ago. Um, and so feeling, and again, this is the emotive stuff in it, the sense of energy and positivity to us is coming a little bit because we're framing our journey looking forward as just another chapter in the book. Yeah, yeah. And look how well it turned out for all those others that did it before. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It didn't go wrong very much. Mm. Of course, it, it did in 1990. Mm, mm. But actually, you look back and it went right a lot more than it went wrong. So let's carry on that tradition and let's go into it with our, our glass half full and yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, crack yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that's working. So you, you mentioned that in terms of community, some of the involvement is people who used to work here, yeah. like steel workers, people who have a direct connection yeah. with the site. 
We, we talk in community development about, about wanting to empower, wanting to transfer power or to facilitate the transfer of power from people who have it, institutions who have it, to others that perhaps don't or who could wield it better, more yeah. effectively. To what extent is that part of what you're trying to, to achieve here? Yeah. Because it's over a very, very long term, isn't it? And to be fair, I would imagine there's, there's, there's a lot of stakeholders that are all and partners wanting to achieve the same thing. So that positivity and yeah. that, uh, that buying into the vision we sometimes sort of say, it's probably not too hard to, to find and to, to mobilise. Yeah. Is there any power? Are there any inequalities here or not? I think it's a, it's a real motivator to us to use this as a vehicle where we can make sure that power is as shared as it can be. The involvement base, first of all. The, the roots of the group were ex, ex-workers. But we're, we're not rooted, as it were, in terms of membership numbers and volunteer numbers who are ex-workers. Mm. Less than 10%, probably, mm. of our combined okay. membership and, and volunteer base, just over 100, probably less than 10 of them are, are ex-workers. Mm. Probably another 10 to 15 are people that have got a direct connection with the steelworks through family members, through the longevity of their, their residents. But... That leaves three quarters of the people that are involved with us that have actually got no direct personal connection with the works. What they've got a connection with is the sense of the potential, the the physical environment we've got between the fossil forest, the landscape, the the ironworks, the bits of steelworks, buildings that are here, to act as a platform for something different, something Mm. better, and actually a range of things. And that power comes from you mentioned buying into a vision well actually the degree to which there's a vision here is that the vision is just about putting us back on the map and creating pride full stop yeah how we do that is the basis of our engagement with people okay and because they hold answers and because they hold answers that they're personally committed to then having a go at delivering the power isn't centralized in a committee or in in a manager the power to achieve the totality of that vision is shared Absolutely, amongst the hundred people that are each contributing a, a piece of the jigsaw, mm. and so it's it's an odd, well perhaps it's not odd. To me, it's odd because it's different to the way that I've worked in community development thus far. In that, I've wanted to empower as a key principle. I've wanted to she, to encourage others to empower by undertaking genuine involvement rather than just sheer consultation. I've really striven for that as a as a professional and a personal mission. Mm. I see myself here not needing to to push that any further because I'm working with a a group of founding members and the the management committee who have got this this open attitude. Uh, That makes it very easy to not think about empowering as something that I give to somebody Mm. in a parent-child way, which kind of implies that at some point I might want it back and I could disempower them. That doesn't seem to, to be part of our... Our setup and our experience—it's—it's yeah. it's much more a genuine shared thing because there's a almighty set of problems to overcome here, yeah. and an equally almighty set of opportunities that we could realise. Yeah. And only actually by us working together can we attempt to tackle half the problems and and, and hope to realise half the mm. opportunities. Mm. We, we can't do that as a small group of people. So you don't get empowerment as something that is somehow tokenistic. You you get empowerment because we're all in it together, yeah. Yeah. and. As a result, when we've done something, the the joy is is as celebrated by everybody that's been part of that. It's not attributable to, to one person mm. who has chosen to share out yeah, the yeah, power yeah. in a, some some kind of a philanthropic way. Mm, you know, it's mm, mm. it feels more guttural mm. than that. You used you used words a moment ago like striven yeah. and push, and sometimes 
we kind of almost Newton's laws of physics. You know, in order to push, you need to have a force yeah. coming in the opposite direction, whether that's economic forces or it's political decisions yeah, or it's these yeah. huge kind of institutions of, of whatever sector. And I think what's quite refreshing talking to you and having a, a, a kind of a wander around is that things haven't been conceived in that potentially adversarial way. I think that's largely true. Uh, I mean, there, there is a little bit of the adversarial stuff because what we're kicking back against in your Newton's uh, mm. metaphor there is that there's a sense that a lot of stuff hasn't happened that could have happened earlier in the process. Yeah. That there were some failed promises early on. You know, one of the first things was looked at when the steelworks closed was whether you could just bring a, a you know, different style of manufacturing to this huge site, mm-hmm. you know, nearly a mile mm-hmm. long, a quarter mile mm-hmm. wide. Uh, I think Hoover was courted at one point as potentially moving lock, stock and barrel never happened mm. you know so you've got like a double blow then yeah because for a year people have got some excitement and some well actually there might be a conversation here there might be something we can move into so there's a little bit of us pushing against that there's a little bit of us pushing against i don't know if you've used the the phrase but I, i've certainly had conversations with other cd practitioners a lot along the way that you've got apathy yeah apathy is one of the biggest barriers mm. to to taking positive action but when you've got aggressive apathy which seems like an oxymoron. You know, you can't have, mm, yes, you can't have yes, something that's, yeah. that's proactively apathetic. Yeah. Yet you can. Mm. You know, and so one of the things that I, I have felt that we've been pushing against is, is that sense that apathy is acceptable. That actually, you know, if, if you've got a gripe about it, well, come and join in. You mm. know, don't moan about it. Don't sit on the fence saying it should be done this way, it should be done that way. If you want it done differently, the door's open. There's the spade. Mm. And it's not an overt part of our approach, but it's definitely happened. Where we've got a couple of members I could point to who, who were only involved because somebody has called them out on their criticism of, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And they've gone, well, all right, come on, give us that then. And that, um, that fuels its own sense then that people like that are going back with a very changed perception yeah. about what it's about. And in the case of one of those people they're very much an influencer in their, mm. their immediate circle and their immediate neighbourhood which has a ripple effect yeah in terms of a wider kind of power dynamic we don't really feel like we're pushing against anything we've got great support as I mentioned earlier mm. the different kind of political levels we come and stuck a little you know every now and then with the local community council who want to see that what we're doing is, is for the best long term benefit but we might have niggles about particularly the way we're doing it or Slight misunderstandings as well. I mean, some of the things that you and I will know and listeners will know about the way that CD works is that it does open up ways of, of cutting through some of the traditional sequential processes. So things like, I mean, our Create Your Space bid, for example, the community council couldn't get conceptually at the stage we were making the bid in the sense that how could we be bidding for £2 million to implement a range of projects if those projects haven't already been fully detailed and gone through the planning process and got architects' drawings and tendered costs because that's a linear way of understanding how mm-hmm. some physical regeneration work works. And that's, that's completely understandable. But we're, we're taking advantage of a lottery fund that's willing to look through a different prism of planning for landscape and accessible landscapes which doesn't mean you have to have it all lined up perfectly before you then say to the community, right, the doors are open, come on in and use it. So th- there's a little bit of that that's in some way been a barrier, on other way has served to motivate us further to make sure that what we do then is we, we can prove that the approach we're taking is right. So there's, there's you know, a little bit of kicking back there. I'm minded to, to, to assume perhaps, and as I said, I don't know, but 
that particular lottery fund has probably adapted it in that way because things so very rarely are that linear. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? And so it's adapting to a bit more of a real world scenario where we're clearer on some things, less clear on others. Certainly that, that pragmatism about, yeah, yeah, about how, how course, things yeah. develop is, is, yeah. A, is a key part of the way that that fund seems to be working. But it, it, is, it is a bit more overt in their case than that, I think. They, they are trying to facilitate the sense of ownership of, of landscapes and their use mm. for future generations. And they, they well understand that the way of ensuring that ownership is there is involvement from day one in what the conceptual use of that yeah. land is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people, as, as our people in the, the, the Ironworks Fossil Forest bit of the project, we've opened the doors, people have come in with ideas, and now they're also sharing the pain of, mm. well, actually, there's barriers in the way of realising those ideas yeah. for, for regulations yeah. Yeah. or premises licences or health and safety. And, you know, if, if the idea is good, then you, you persevere and mm. tenacity mm. runs mm. through. Mm. But some ideas have to get put on the back burner or even abandoned because they're just not feasible. Yeah. In, in a safe way so it is with these landscapes you know we want people to join us in coming up with the ideas but we also want to involve them not not just by saying okay give us your ideas we'll then go away and develop those into plans mm-hmm. we'll come back to you when we're ready to implement it is that all right mm-hmm. again exactly. that's a traditional way of working yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 these people that are involved in the ideas well if you want to be part of the project you know yeah you have a good idea but also we want you to help develop that idea. Mm. We want you to be part of the working group and steering group that's going to meet with the planning officer about actually what the constraints are and whether we can reverse that tree protection order and open up a view that otherwise is we can't do. Mm. You know? that, that pain of the journey is as important as the joy of the journey to really embed the sense that at the end of the day, this is something that we all achieve together. And that's where we've found in this big lottery fund a partner that is coming at this from the same approach that we are. Mm. And, and that's when you get a very you know, very strong relationship. And I hope it, it proves to go that way, that we're, we're in it for the same reasons. Which is, again, different from a lot of other projects yeah. where you find yourself looking at all the dimensions to a project and you find the bit of a project that seems to chime with a particular funder's objectives. Mm, mm, mm. And before you know it, you're contorting the integrity of your vision for the project to to fit with mm-hmm. the the funder. Mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, it's really nice to be working with this particular project yeah. that uh, is is a direct fit. And that enthusiasm comes comes through as well. So even the, yeah. the, the the short time I've been on site this afternoon, four or five people have kind of put their heads in, like an update on something, chasing a set of keys. I mean, you couldn't have scripted it or timetabled it better. <laughs> Somebody dropped off the letter. Is it the acceptance letter That's for, for that two million yeah. quid? Yeah. That's serendipitous on my part in terms of trying to sort of come on site and record this and sort of scratch beneath the skin a little bit, yeah. a bit off it. And that's nice, and you can sense that that positivity. But like you said, you know, it's still at the the very outset of it. It's still at base camp, I suppose, in terms yeah, of quite, spending this money quite, and, yeah. and achieving what you want to achieve. And, and 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 there will be those points of conflict, as you say, and 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 and, and that's what comes through partnership work. And we we, we you know that, that inevitably these days that that has to be again hardwired into yeah, things like applications. And but I, I think it's interesting to kind of make that point that the you know I said this on the podcast recorded with, with Alan Twelve Trees, and we say this from a, a CD point of view is that you know the process. And the means is as important, if not more so, than the goal. Absolutely. And you, you, you've, you've touched on that in, in pretty much everything yeah. you've said for the last yeah. sort of five, ten minutes. In a sense, that, that's why, again, I like that particular lottery fund. It's, it's the recognition, the goal in this case, yeah. is ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, that, is that, that spiritual connection. Mm. Whereas often the goal is a physical output. 
or it's a number of bums on seats, or it's a tangible. And the, tradi- the traditional sort of form of, of sort of political patronage for these things yeah. is that you know you want you need a, a VIP to cut the ribbon and yeah. to open the envelope and yeah, to receive the big check. And actually, unveiling ownership actually is 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 is, is much more subtle. Than that. Almost almost impossible to actually yeah. do because yeah. there is no definitive point at which suddenly ownership has happened. I, I think you know. I mean, we, we, we can have another conversation, and maybe we'll we'll do one at some mm. point around just you know, social impact measures, yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually how you you really put a value mm. or a, or a, mm. or a, a metric on some of this intangible stuff, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. stuff that when you talk to people, it's oozing out of them, mm. and it's oozing out in passion and enthusiasm as much as it's oozing out in upset and anger mm. and frustration because the the sense of ownership and caring about something is so deeply. Great. Either emotional response mm-hmm. is a great indicator of yes, that. Yes, I agree. It's the, it's the great. Uh, you're a musician as well. It's the great sort of um, Neil Young quote, isn't it? That you know, I'd find myself in the middle of the road and it's boring. So you know, it's it's, it's better to, to head for the for the ditch. You know, on, on on the side of the road, whichever way you want to go. And I think yeah. from a, from a community development point of view, actually, consensus and pats on the back are great. They're easy to take. Sometimes you need to seek out and confront those people that are kind of. You say, I've got those brickbats, have got the criticisms, yeah. and say, okay, well, what else would you do? How differently would you do it? Because, yes, you get those converts, but actually then it's challenging you to look at maybe different perspectives Yeah, definitely. as well. No, it, it remains every bit as important to us to try and continue to engage those that are uh, sceptical, mm. cynical about whether anything will, will really come of it, as it is to talk with those who are the, the, the willing enthusiasm mm, mm, who have mm. just been waiting for an opportunity like this to come along yeah. and that there are lots of those and it, it's really uplifting mm. you know life affirming yeah, yeah, the yeah. amount of people that actually have come to us in the last uh, few months uh, they know we've submitted a bit but they don't know whether we've got the money or not and saying look actually you know that idea you've generated we'd really like to get involved in that uh, you know whether the money comes or not how, how can we do so yeah, yeah. you know all that stuff's great but really for for the for the partnership to work for the relationships to work, you've 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 got to not be scared of the tough stuff, the difficult conversations. You're clearly up for those challenges. Some of the people, if not all of the people involved, are as well. Many congratulations on the lottery bid. It's not the only line in the fire, though, is it? No, 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 no. In fact, and, and successes elsewhere with other yeah, funds. I mean, it's ironic, really, because that that two million has has come. Uh, in fact, the news of that two million came two days after the news that we haven't been successful with the project that we've been working on, which is the main eye works of Foss Forest one, of its first time of asking for, for a different bit of lottery funding from the Heritage Lottery Fund. Uh, but we were very close with that, so we're resubmitting, and hopefully we'll get some good news in the autumn on that. But know that this £2 million is is two out of a total of £9.5 million pounds that we're seeking over this, this five- to seven-year period to make a step change in the way that our heritage is, is understood and it's used as a, a catalyst for regeneration. In terms of like the immediate plans... What happens then when when uh, some of money like that is awarded? You sort of said you spent the first week, you know, <laughs> celebrating, patting yourselves on the yeah. back. Then it was that, oh my god! And now <laughs> it's that. Okay, we're looking up at, at, from yeah. base camp. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's literally stuff like okay, within that two million, there's a, there's a staff team of five posts. Okay, so well, the first thing we need to do is work out our recruitment. You know, refine the job descriptions from what were in the bid. Is that really what we want them to do? Mm-hmm. To what extent can we test and adjust as we go along? All those sort of things. So, like the base camp, 
you know, we're looking now at what the what the first hundred meters is yeah. of the climb, and to make sure that that first hundred meters gives us the key bits of infrastructure. An office, for example, to accommodate five people. You've seen this building. Where would you put five people? Good, Short very, of very losing, good. we could lose this room, couldn't we? Very good this question. room is our meeting room that we're in. It yeah. seats about fifteen people. It's in use daily because mm. of the work teams that we've got mm. doing doing stuff. We can't sacrifice a room like this to turn it into a, a nice office for a few people. So we're, you know, another of those first hundred meter tasks is making sure we've got somewhere we can work out. Of. At the same time, we're doing stuff like making sure that the general public knows the good news, mm-hmm. but also what the the sort of short term planning, what's going to happen in this first year. And our plan that we, we submitted uh, was about you know using the first year to really build the further engagement, do a couple of emergency works with some of the bits of landscape we need to do, but really use that to act as a platform for the the other six. There's certainly uh, there's no opportunity to get bored. <laughs> and you mentioned emergency work, and so I'm now a bit yeah. worried now on the way out where, <laughs> I, where, I, where I place my feet. Um, another plug for the contact details. Presumably, yeah. people wanted to know more. Then yeah, please. Welcome to get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a general uh, email address, which is info at brumboheritage.co.uk. Feel free to email me. It's just Gary. One R for Gary. Gary at brumboheritage.co.uk. Uh, I said earlier, uh, look for Brumbo Heritage Project. Just Google it. Our, our Twitter stuff, Facebook and webpage comes up. We're all, you know, I don't suppose yet there are many other rival Brumbo Heritage Project no, websites, not. so uh, we don't need to do anything with uh, <laughs> with, with search engine optimization <laughs> just yet because we're right at the top anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> It's quite funny, actually. Well, it's some sort of the junk email you get, you know, as, as your, your project yeah, does get more yeah. well-known. One of the most common ones is about search engine optimization, so it makes me laugh. <laughs> or have have you emailed me because you've looked on Google and therefore if you're not seen that you know the those ten entries yeah, that are the yeah, first yeah, page yeah, are yeah, all those yeah. you know there's probably a Brumbo in Ohio or something isn't yeah. there? And apart from that there's there's not a huge amount of, of competition no, there's, there's not no. uh, Gary once again thank you very much uh, thank you for the uh, hospital welcome thank you for the guided tour it's it's fascinating to see it from. A different perspective. I wouldn't have driven past. I mean, I wasn't the last time I was here. I don't think the new road was put in, but it was kind of looking down from above. And so to see it from across the valley, to see it from within the site and looking at different perspectives, there's a massive, massive amount of work still to be done, which is not in any way a criticism. It's this realisation that it's such a broad canvas that you're working on, but not necessarily in a large area. You know, we're not talking sort of huge reclamations of... it's not massive ...valley sites, no. But it's... uh, it's complex, but yeah. it's, it's full of opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Encourage people to take a drive by. As I said, it, it is a fascinating area, particularly yeah. for somebody from South Wales, where there perhaps is a tendency to assume that coal mining and the sort of steelwork areas, the primary industrial areas, are more in the south. There's a rich coal mining, steel making tradition in North Wales, and I know people from around sort of Talacra and Point of Air and Gresford have many, many times emphasised that to me, sort of into Shropshire as well, and yeah, places absolutely. like St Martins and Ifton, places yeah. like that. So, if nothing else, I think there's an opportunity to kind of just rebalance out maybe a little bit of the sort of the social and industrial labour history of Wales as well by raising the prominence of a site like this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's very much been taken to heart by CADU and by Welsh Government. Right. You know, we, we feel like we're on the map as far as Wales is concerned at long last. Yeah. Gary, once again, Dilke Val, thank you very much. And it would be Pleasure. fantastic to be able to sort of come back and maybe for however long this podcast is up and running to kind of sort of maybe sort of chronicle the journey as it goes along over the yeah, next few years. But you have talked about 20 years and 25 years. I can't stress this enough. 
and podcasts will be consigned to the the <laughs> dim distant past in the same way that BBC computers probably are by the time. A bit like an eight track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what will replace podcasts by then. I'll do my best to keep up. as all I can try and promise. Best of luck with it. Best of luck to everyone else involved. And until next time, thank you very much. Cheers. 